I'm Jamie. And I'm Beth. Welcome to Thief Steals the Podcast. Where I steal the podcast. And I steal it back. Okie dokies. Today we are talking about the 12th episode of the fourth season, The Boys Night Out Job, which I, I'm just going to say it here because you may have listened to last episode and thought, Jamie, you're wrong. And you're 100% correct. <laughs> I am wrong. This is not actually the 12th episode. This is meant to be the 14th episode of the fourth season. However, our streaming platform that we watched this on did decide to straight up put these episodes in the wrong order. I don't know why. I don't know how. Like, the first season, I get. I understand. Like, they were created to be in a specific order. They aired in a different order. There's a whole bunch of confusion around the first season. I don't know why. The streaming platform that we do watch this show on was like, we're just going to move the girls night out job and the boys night out job before next week's episode. So they're just like slightly out of order, but like hopefully you've enjoyed them anyway. But with that out of the way, Beth, what did you think about the boys night out job? Okay. I am at a loss for words. Okay. Yeah. But in the best possible way, I spent this episode absolutely vibing. I was having the time of my life. This this is one of my favorite episodes of Leverage. I am so excited for you to love this episode because I also love this episode mm-hmm. of Leverage. My favorite thing in this episode has to be then like the dynamics of it all. Oh, like God. I love that we have like the three pairs and you've got like Nate and Hurley who are just like vibes the entire time you've got Hardison and Elliot who are vibes Mm -hmm. the entire time and you randomly just get cuts back to Shelly and Bernardo who are just like well I guess they're not coming back with that fucking pizza I know and they're chilling they're bonded they're being bros okay here is my fucking thing though Shelly straight up hitting on Hardison right like is that even a question like I'm framing it like maybe it's a question but I don't think it is I think that Shelly was one million percent hitting on Hardison. And, you know and then when Hardison and Elliot and Nate have, have gone and it cuts back to them and he's like fully choking him on the on the yeah. fucking kitchen counter, I was like, okay, okay, but this is a little bit homoerotic. Like, it's just a little bit like what is what is happening? That's a little queer of you, babe. I genuinely I was like, okay, Shelley is queer. Yeah. No question. No question. He's hitting on Hardison. He discovers that Hardison is hook, like absolutely yeah. hook, line, and sinker gone on Parker. Yeah. But then he's like, this cop though. Like, and you cannot tell me him and Elliot have not fucked. Oh my God. One, one million percent. This man, he, he is just going through the room. And I love that for him. I also love that he's like, eh, Nate. <laughs> the only person in that room that he doesn't even vaguely hit on is Nate. Yeah. But no, he can, and he can get it. He can get it. I loved him. I was honestly, one of my very, very minor complaints about this episode is I would have loved to see more yeah. of Shelley and I forget mm-hmm. the cop's name. Bernardo. Bernardo, yeah. yeah. So he's actually been a recurring character yes. since season two. Mm-hmm. I love the fucking touch that at the end of the episode they show up and Shelley is eating the pizza. Like they yeah. got their pizza. Yeah. And I just think that is so funny. Like it's such a good detail mm-hmm. to include. I'm like, this is, this is peak. Do you have somewhere that you would like to start this week? Oh, God. I... Should we maybe start with Hurley then? Because I feel like Hurley Hurley is the most important part of this episode. Oh, my God. And Hurley is everything to me. I love Hurley so much. I adore him. I Literally, my first note of the episode is, oh, it's Mattingly being like, okay, that's how Mm. that's connected. Okay, cool. And then my next note is, is that the guy who I made fun of for how he ate his burrito? And I was right. Uh I was like... (laughs) And then immediately Hurley is 
like disappointed that Nate's still drinking and like it becomes abundantly clear that he's a drug trafficker but he has no idea. He's just so sweet. He's so endearing and I fucking love him. He's a little confused but he's got the spirit. Right? And like I literally have a note which is just Hurley is such a babe. He's trying so hard to be a good person. He's straight up giving off 514 supernatural Cupid energy. Mm-hmm. You know like that's yeah. the like he's just mm-hmm. so sweet and innocent and he just loves love you know yeah. like. He looks like the sort of person who will see you in beeline for a hug immediately. Yeah like, right? Mm-hmm. Right and he has and he does try to And he does try to hug Nate and Nate's just like nah. He has a cat, and the cat's name is Pedro, and I love that so much. Like, with my entire heart and soul. And then, and then, unequivocally, the best part of this motherfucking episode, right? Because I was, like, watching it, and I was like, okay, they're probably going to have, like, Hurley and, and Lup- Sister Lupe, like, yeah. become, like, a thing. at the Like, I, I yeah. kind of expected that that was maybe the route they were going to go. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Lupe is very clearly, like, hooking up with Elliot and by the way I love this one of the things I adored about this episode was I feel like Elliot's characterization is so much better yeah like they really found that perfect balance of him being like a flirt without him being a fucking sleazeball like they also have the scene where he's hitting on the parking attendant lady oh my god (laughs) yes when she's like do you want to touch my gun I was like what the and then Elliot's face, I was like, yeah, that basically says it all, actually. <laughs> but, oh, good Lord. But, like, I liked Elliot and Lupe, like, leaving together. It felt very, like, mm. fun and flirty. And, like, it made a lot of sense. Like, it didn't feel like it was sort of shoehorned in. Like, you know, the way their characters were kind of, like, designed, like, makes sense that they would go and, like, have a bit of fun after the yeah. job or whatever. And then... I was like, oh, okay, so they weren't going to set her up with Hurley. And then Peggy walks in and I was like, oh, oh, okay, I see. And then in all caps, I just have a www. Hurley and Peggy, oh my God, when is the wedding? She found her genuine guy and he has a cat. Oh my God, with like 12 Ds. Like that, Peggy and Hurley, Adam and Maria are holding hands in my mind. Like, these are the perfect couples. They are going on double dates to me. You know, like, I love them so much. And it's so sweet because all of last episode, Peggy's talking about how hard is it to just find a nice guy and blah, blah, blah. And last week, I legitimately almost spoiled this week's reveal for you. I was like, no. oh my God. But then at the end, there is like, and I was like, oh. That's the end of next week's episode. I am so glad that you didn't do that because I would have, this like ending from me, I was like, there is no better ending we could have had. Like, I know I already mentioned it, but like this episode had so much going on that like when we cut back to Shelly and Bernardo, like just in fucking Nate's apartment, I'd fully forgotten that they were even in this episode to the point where my note says, oh, I fully forgot about these guys, LMAO. I think they're going to fuck. Oh my God. (laughs) They're just like, they're just chilling. Mm -hmm. And like Banano's like, you fucking get used to it. Sometimes these dudes just like. Right? Right. It's so, I, this episode, straight up one of my favorites, Mm -hmm. like without a doubt, like don't get me wrong. I loved last week's episode, Mm -hmm. but something about this one just hit I don't know if it was just because we had Hurley and he is such a endearing character yeah. and I love the dynamic between Hardison and Elliot I think it is it's one of my favorites 
in the team and we don't actually get to see it that often but when we do it literally never misses like it's giving the gone fishing job but better yes right like i think that christian kane and alice hodge are actually very talented comedically Mm -hmm. and neither of them like Hardison as a character tends to be the like comedic relief a lot, which is great and I love it. But uh, yeah, Elliot Alice Hodge gets to flex his comedic muscles mm-hmm. a lot. But Elliot kind of, I think, often gets put into this like, oh, I'm just sort of grumpy, and that's fun in some circumstances. But it was so wonderful to see him be able to sort of flex that funny bone and like the moment where they're like fighting over who's gonna get the car and who's gonna like distract the guard. Oh and, my like, god, Elliot. Fully throws the fucking rock, oh, paper, scissors game. Oh, yes. That's not even a question. No, he, we know. You see the smirk after he's done it. He's successfully gotten away. Also, I interpret that as Elliot being so proud of Hardison because he's really, like, stepped up. And he's like, no, you're right. I'm going to be assertive. And I'm going to, like, you know. And yeah. it really reminded me of, like, you know, in the hot potato job when Elliot was like, okay, but did she use her like hips or whatever when he was talking about Sophie yeah. punching? And he's like so proud of her. Like, that's my girl. I was like, this is the hardest and equivalent. Yeah. He's like, yes, I have instilled this boy with confidence and authority and he is going to do this. And then he finds out about the dogs and that's just hilarious. <laughs> I also love that their names are like Tinky. Oh my God. Yeah. It was like Kiki and something like. I've always heard Tinky, mm. but that may just be that my hearing is shit. <laughs> so don't hold me to that. And so you find out the like the the dogs' names, and there's the cutest little names. Mm-hmm. And then you just see on the security footage, Hardison getting chased by the dogs. And I I really love this episode because I think everything makes perfect sense. Yeah, like the the plot progression of this episode makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. Everyone is so severely in character. Everything makes such good sense. Yeah. But when you watch last week's episode, you get the random. Do you see, like, you see Hardison in the bar, you see Hardison with the dogs, and you're like, what the fuck? That makes no sense. How the fuck did we get from A to B? But it, it, it do you know, Do you know why I think, like, as much as I loved last week's episode, mm-hmm. I think why I preferred this week's is because it's like a good comedy routine. You know if you're seeing, like, a stand-up comic or something, and what they do is they, they'll make a little joke. Like, maybe somewhere in the first third. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in the first third of the show, they will plant a little seed. Mm-hmm. And then in the last half of the show, they will bring it back. Like they will somehow loop it around. And that is the last big laugh before mm-hmm. they walk off stage. And the audience, mm-hmm. as an audience member, if you've been paying attention, you see the setup coming and you're like, oh, this yeah. is how they're going to do it. And then you're laughing before they've even finished mm-hmm. the line because you know where they're going with it. And this episode felt the same because last week we had Hardison trying to scale the fence with the dogs. And then we, we forget about it because that's mm. last episode. We're watching this one. And every single time I was like, oh my God, the dogs. And I was laughing before we even got the reveal. And then you get the reveal and you're laughing more. And it's like, yes, because the audience has been primed mm-hmm. for this episode. We weren't primed yeah. for last episode. Mm-hmm. It was enjoyable as a base level. Yeah. This episode, we have all those little primers. So as we're coming up to these setups, you can see them and you start laughing or you have that like, oh my God moment. It's like just getting like all of these consecutive, really fun, silly reveals. And it's just, it it keeps... It reminds me of my favorite comedy, Supernatural. They planted Jenny (laughs) the Vampire in season one and then brought her back for season 15. I hate you so much. But you've got to admit I'm very funny. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, fuck. But, like, 
You, all of the reveals, you get all of the payoff this week. Mm-hmm. Like last week, we got a lot of setup, yeah. and the setup is really good. The setup's great. I love yeah. Peggy. I love Tara. I love the yeah. entire thing. I love how it all ties together. I love that we get glimpses of Hardison, but mm-hmm. it's like this week we just get payoff after payoff exactly. after payoff after payoff, and, and it also has my favorite side characters of all time. We never see them again. All the two guys who are arguing about going into the church, we never see Liam them again. And whoever the fuck yeah. else, I love them. Mm-hmm. I love them mm-hmm. so much. All of the side characters in this week's episode, phenomenal. And like, so what it goes, holy ground, mm, the basement, holy ground. <laughs> Iconic. The fucking bit about... We all had dreams once, Liam. <laughs> I know, that was my favourite part. I want... We all had dreams once, Liam, on like a t-shirt, except people are going to think it's about One Direction. <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> Every moment, those two like random Irish hitters are on my screen. I I am in love. I'm like they are. They are the 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 energy there. They're like mm-hmm. I love that. Then the the resolve they come to is oh I see you can't go shooting a man in church. So drag him out of the church and shoot him in the church parking lot. Oh, it's so <laughs> funny and like. Before we get too far away from the setup, one of my favorite setups, and I do just want to like sprinkle it in here and we can move right along, is that during the speech when they fucking go into the addiction support group, oh my God, the way that the noise I made when that happened, inhuman. Uh-huh. I kind yeah. of wish that we'd had a live reaction for this episode because I was making the most estranged noises because literally they walk in there and I was like, this is the funniest possible fucking thing uh-huh. that could happen. And then- Hurley's up there and he's doing his speech and he mentions Pedro the cat. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. He has a cat named Pedro. And I was like, huh, like Pascal, because mm-hmm. that's like the current topical yeah. Pedro, right? Yeah. And then I did not think about Peggy no. and her love of cats from last episode because I wasn't paying attention to last episode. I was paying attention to this episode. But then as soon as Peggy walked in at the end of today's episode, I went, oh my God, he has a cat. Mm-hmm. And that from that moment, I was like, Oh, this is Curly Peggy brilliant. This is I was like, this is phenomenal actually mm-hmm. because it was so like it was so baked into last week's episode. Like she loves cats. It was like if you remember anything about this episode, you're gonna remember that this bitch loves a cat. She's Tabby Fan seventy two. Exactly. Like right. And then you come into this episode, no mentions of cats except for Pedro. And you're like, oh, that's just a fun fact about Hurley. They're setting him up to be this very lovable sort of good. He's, he's that makes like, sense. Finally settled down. He's like built himself a life mm-hmm. after like. And we get in this episode, like, one of the lines that I really love comes from Hardison. And he goes, sometimes you get so wrapped up in the part of the job where we wreck people that you forget that we also help people. Yeah. And, like, it's a sign of, like, Hurley has tried to move on with his life. He's trying Mm -hmm. to be better. He's trying to do the right thing. He's trying to, like, grow as a person. Uh Uh-huh. And then Peggy walks in. And then all of a sudden, because I'm not thinking about Peggy. I haven't thought about Peggy since last episode. She walks in and my immediate thought is, holy fuck, he has a cat. And I was like... There, like he's a cute guy who has a cat. I genuinely because this whole mm-hmm. time I've been thinking like, oh, it feels like they're maybe gonna put him with Lupe at the end, like. It, but it I would have like, been a worse episode mm. if he was with Lupe. And in I was the like, end. Oh, like that that's, I was like, oh, that's kind of predictable, but like, mm-hmm. okay, sure. But then Peggy walked in, and I was like, oh, you sneaky motherfuckers! Mm-hmm. This is my favorite reveal we've ever gotten on Leverage. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is bizarre because it's really not very high stakes. It's a reveal show. Yeah, like there are so many reveals, like the like even the reveal this week of like you know 
Nate is like, we can hide in here. Like, let's just hide in here. And then you pan away. It's the fucking Alcoholics Anonymous. Yes. And then he's like, no, we're not hiding in here. Yeah. Immediate 180. Incredible. Even fucking Nate showing up in the in the green robe in the church. Mm-hmm. Like, literally when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, not Nate in the green robe. And all I could think about was like, look, it's Nate with a steel chair. Like, the fucking meme. I was like, he is just going to absolutely take these guys out. By pretending to be a holy man. And I think that is so funny. But also, like, knowing that Nate actually was going to train... To be a priest. Like, I'm like, there are are layers here. The moment where they see, like, the habit habit. that Lupe has taken off to try and sneak out. And he's like, rapture! So funny. It's so funny. And then, of course, all I could think about was uh, Castiel. It gets me every time that his his go to was rapture. I know it's and he he has the crazy eyes when he says that he's like, how the fuck am I? Oh my god, I know. I'm gonna pretend that some like insane biblical event yeah. has occurred here, and there's a naked nun somewhere in the universe. Like, it's literally so fucking funny. Also, immediately after my note that says rapture in all caps, I have a note that says Hurley. And then no with a bunch of O's and a crying emoji. Do you know what that could be in reference to? No, because I don't have any Hurley notes between that and my next note. Like my next note is very definitely. It's because let's see a suit, wear, suit wearing punk be that damn assertive, which is a Hardison line. Oh, so, fuck. Okay. So Rapture, then he bumps the like vase thing that makes like the rattling noise. And then they, him and Lupe peg it. Oh, no. Do you know and what then I think they get caught. I think that it is, it's either when he gets shot yeah. Or when he is like, trade me. I think it's either it's either one of those. It scenarios. can't be trade me because trade me is later. Later on in the episode. Did I not make a trade me note then? Because the next thing I... I don't have any notes about Hurley after that point until Peggy. Anyway, I said Hurley know about something. I was very emotional about it mm-hmm. at the time. <laughs> but I do want to talk about Hardison. Yeah. My boy. Mm-hmm. He grew up this episode. Yeah. He... Puberty hit him like a train, mm-hmm. and he came out of this a different person. Like, this, I so, have no words. It is wild that, like, you know, and it's. I think it's really so sweet, because it's like, he's trying to be better for for Parker. Like, he's trying to make sure that he's, like, he's, like, I just, like, I really like her. I'm trying to, like, think about her and what she wants, and, like, mm-hmm. she, he's just so, and he's so worried, because, like, Parker's hanging out with Mattingly. Craig Gladding, Mattingly, and... He doesn't know, but all that all that Parker took out of that was he's kind of boring. Yeah. Here's the thing. I was getting Grease vibes from Parker Hardison's situation mm. because both of them are, like, hanging out with other people and realizing, like, they're both sort of at the mindset of, like, oh, I think maybe I have to change myself so that the other person will like me more. Mm. And unlike Grease, where that's what happens. Yeah. Like, they have both sort of come to this realization of, like, I am who I am and they like me kind of mm. thing. And I feel like that's less obvious with Hardison. Yeah. But that last scene right at the end where, like, they're all at the bar and Nate's kind of, like, watching them and sipping his drink, like, which feels, like, ominous, by the yeah. way. Like, this whole episode is a motherfucking vibe. And then that last scene, I was like, they're so happy and jovial. And the fact that Nate is sitting separately and, like, silently observing with his little sippy sippy, mm. I'm like, I feel like I'm worried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, I feel like he's looking at it as if he's going, like, 
I want to commit this to my memory because one day it might be gone. And I'm like, that's concerning. Mm-hmm. That fills me with fear and dread, sir. Anyway, um, so like, I feel like they've both kind of come to this conclusion, but also it was so wonderful to see Hardison have that confidence. So like, what is the episode? It's like the, in, within the first four, I want to say, mm-hmm. where, oh my God, it's the last one where Nate was working as like a holy man. Is it the one where they have the statue? The miracle job. The miracle job. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I think it's that one where Hardison and Elliot go and they like have a fight with the gang or whatever. And Hardison mm-hmm. has that line where he's like, oh, I like, I should go after the injured ones or whatever. Oh yeah. I, I, I fight the injured ones. That's my yeah. niche. Like comparatively, like that yeah. like episode and that sequence of scenes versus this episode and this sequence of scenes, he full on just headbutts a guy, which <laughs> Elliot points out was unnecessary. And that man was not involved whatsoever. So... R.I.P. dude. Um, sorry about your mad concussion. Like, what the fuck? He's. I think the key thing is here. He's like so desperate to be seen as assertive mm-hmm. that he's not thinking it through. He's, he walks in. He's like, I'm a dirty cop. The line. Of course, I'm racist. I'm a dirty cop. What, <laughs> bro? First of all. I literally have no words. So much of this episode is me just like opening and closing my mouth like a fish. Like I just, it, so much is happening. Yeah. It is such a, it's such a fun episode. Like I think that's the key here. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's so fun. Like they just keep on making choices. I'm like, yes, that is the funnest possible choice you could have made there. I like, know. They could have had Hurley and Nate literally hide out anywhere. They were like, no, we're going to do it in Alcoholics Anonymous. Yes. The entire speech that he's making where he's like, I'm sorry for the car. Oh my and God. Like, I know. And then, he, then at the end, Hurley's like, wow, like, I'm so proud of you for talking to your wife. He's like, that wasn't my wife. He's like, <laughs> wow, you should really apologize to your wife for having a girlfriend. It's like, Hurley, no. baby boy, you're missing the point. Do you know what? I actually had a note on that because as I was watching it, my initial reaction was like, oh, I kind of wish that Nate's speech like lent into a being a little more genuine because I felt like it would have fallen into that thing of where I think I mentioned this to you back in like some old supernatural episode, mm-hmm. but where I was saying that it's nice to see uh, villains like quote unquote villains in a position where they have no reason to lie because you can tell they're telling the truth. Like, you know, that they're not actually going to backstab because like, you know, whatever. And I was like, this would be kind of the same because like Nate would be talking kind of like we had in the long way down job. Nate would be talking to people who were not part of the team. The team Mm -hmm. is not there. So he's not making shit up for their benefit. Mm -hmm. I was like, it would be, it would have been maybe kind of nice to have him speak a little bit genuinely about Mm -hmm. his struggles with addiction while the team weren't there because Mm -hmm. I think that could have been, like, good. And, like, especially because the emphasis at the start of both of these episodes is that, like, Nate doesn't have anyone outside the team. So and he can't say Maggie. Exactly. He's not allowed to say Maggie. And so giving him this, like, setting it up in a way where it's like, okay, well, like, potentially Nate could have this community. Like, they're literally in a church basement and they're an Alcoholics Anonymous. Like, it, Which is not holy ground. Yes. We have established Very important. That. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it is okay for Boy Scout groups who, mm-hmm. and I fucking love this line, are if not a religious group, then are also not entirely secular. That's so funny. That interaction had me in hysterics. But not the point. By the time I got to the end of the bit with Nate on the phone, though, I was like, do you know what? I actually love how they play yeah. Nate's phone call. Like I started out that scene thinking, oh, I kind of wish that they made it a little bit more genuine, but I get what they're doing. Maybe we'll see something more serious yeah. at the end. And then I, by the end of it, like a minute and a half later, I was like, do you know what? Actually, 
I'm wrong. Like, that is not the vibe of the episode. The vibe of this episode is, like, let's put them in funny situations. The vibe is not we're going to actually make a deep, profound statement about his condition. It's just just to be funny. And also... And it makes perfect sense in character for yeah. that to be what he's doing. Because he's purposely going over the top because he's trying to get a phone so that he can get some fucking backup mm-hmm. so that him and Hurley don't die. Literally, like, these two episodes have felt almost fan fiction-y in the sense mm-hmm. of, like, it feels like the writers basically decided, let's take our blobos and just put them in funny situations. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I also, I, what is peak to me about these two episodes is at the end of it all, you have... Nay, and he very sincerely thanks Hardison. Mm. Hardison's like, I know you're going to be mad that, like, I told Hurley where to find you. And he's like, thank you. And do we think that it physically pained him to say that? If it was season one, I'd say yes. Mm. But I think at this point, I think Nate as a character has grown enough to be able to, like, willingly be, like, respecting the contributions of others and thanking them for their work. But I do think that it is interesting of Hardison to have gone behind Nate and made an executive decision. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is also particularly interesting given the rest of what he's doing this episode. Yeah. Because he is like, I know we were like laughing about it before, but like he straight up walks into that fucking cartel and says to the guy, I'm your worst damn nightmare. And I was like, I am obsessed with his energy. Mm-hmm. I fucking like... You know, and sure, Elliot's taking out the whole bar behind him one by one in the funniest possible fucking way. But, like, Hardison is honestly so onto it that he has the confidence to just take Parker's call in the middle of this confrontation. Like, he's like, you know what? I'm more important than you, actually. So I have, like, the social power to take this call right now and you can wait for me. And I was like, babe, where is this coming from? But also, it was still so in character because... We have always seen Hardison play roles where he takes something and he just turns it up to the max. And that is exactly... He's going over the top. There is no reason for him to be doing this. Yeah. And literally my last note about it is, okay, but Hardison kind of slayed. Like, he just walked in there and he destroyed. Like, Mm -hmm. he fully took control. And, like, Elliot was there as backup. It kind of felt like, um, like, kind of like driving on your L's. Like, yeah. you've got someone else there just to be like, hey, like, you know, maybe take the next corner yeah. a little slower or whatever. But ultimately, and, you're at the wheel. And, like, it's kind of like, you know, those, like, driving instructor cars, though, where the person in has, the, other has a brake. Yeah. It's, like, through the entire interaction, like, he's just slowly tapping on the brakes a little bit by taking out, yeah, like, everybody people. else in the bar. <laughs> yes. It was so fucking funny. So fucking funny. Also, I want to appreciate a certain shot choice that we got this episode, Mm. which is when I don't remember exactly what's happening in the context, but Elliot and Hardison are in the car park where a lot of this episode takes place. And there's like a shot where Elliot looks towards a stack of umbrellas Mm -hmm. and then the POV switches to be looking from the umbrellas back at Elliot. And I don't know why, but I just really enjoyed that sort of switch of like, you see Elliot turn and, like, instead of zooming in to focus on the umbrellas or whatever, like... The supernatural have, choice. Well, also generally the leverage, <laughs> leverage choice. choice. The you fucking know. ninja zoom, mm-hmm. which I don't think we've actually seen in a while. Like, yeah. I kind of miss it. I'm going to be real. I don't. <laughs> I'm happy to not have it. 
like, and I do think that this particular choice of, like, changing that POV so it's actually, like, the umbrellas are looking back at Elliot, you know? Yeah. They're calling to him, if you will. And you can see, like, his plans start to formulate. Like, you can yes. see that he's, like, he's always thinking. He's always on it. Like, mm-hmm. he is going, well, what do I have around me that I can use to slow down this car other than just, like, jumping in front of it? Because they're not going to break. Yeah. And actually, one of the things that I loved, love, love, love about this episode, and I kind of covered it before when I was talking about the way that they did the setup, but... I sometimes struggle to follow the plot of what is happening in an individual episode of Leverage. Mm. And the reason for that is because it just literally is nonstop from the moment you press play. And I'm trying to take notes and like, I've never seen it before. And I'm trying my damnedest to pay attention to like more specifics and stuff because we're going to have a discussion about it for an hour and a half. But this episode, I felt like the way that they set it up and the flow of the story, like even though there were so many different components and so many little bits that sort of swiveled and changed and like moving parts, I actually did not at all need the black and white montage at the end. Like I actually, that was my least favorite part of the episode because I felt like I didn't need it. I was like, no, no, everything was laid out in such a way that like it didn't necessarily fall into place until the last second. But the audience is ahead of the reveal by just enough time that you feel satisfied that like, oh, I see what they did there before they actually tell you. And for me, that is the perfect balance. Like, I want to be able to figure out the reveal, but I want to be able to figure it out at the right moment. And I feel like this episode just walked that line perfectly to the point where like that maybe minute that they devoted to the black and white, like explaining how they did everything. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, this is the least interesting minute of this whole episode. And normally that's the crucial minute. That's the minute where everything clicks into place. Normally that's the minute where I go, Oh, that's what I missed. Cause I was taking a note about a dumb hat, you know, like, but it's like, we, we know that like they specifically got the extra car and like Mm -hmm. this. And so it's like, you can't actually really piece it together without that last minute. Like, you don't know exactly what happened. Yeah. But you can be like, oh, no, they're getting two cars so they can, like... The only thing that you can't know before the reveal is exactly how they swapped the cars. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing. You could you could infer that they'd done it, but you wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily know exactly how. But everything else, all the other snippets of conversation and bits that they showed, I was like, yeah, no, that was abundantly clear from the first time we saw those pieces of conversation. And not in a bad way. In a way that I was like... Oh, I can see exactly how the cogs are turning, and this is really this is exciting. How Nate's putting together his plan. Yeah, and I personally, I am not a huge fan of plot twists that you absolutely don't see coming. I would rather feel like I kind of have an inkling for two reasons. One, because personally, I think it's more enjoyable as a viewer to be able to see how the cogs are whirring and, like, at that last minute, be like, oh my God, I know what they're going to do right before they do it. And number two, because I feel like it means that the narrative that you've watched is more cohesive because they've clearly baked into it the themes and the clues. And if you are paying attention, you can work it out kind of thing. Whereas I feel like a lot of, and I think we talked about this recently, a lot of like media... Specifically when we were talking about the uh, supernatural finale. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. Whereas like nowadays, I feel like there's this emphasis on like, we can't let the audience know what's going to happen until they see it. And it has to be the biggest surprise they'd never seen coming. But then often it feels like, okay, but that doesn't actually make sense. It feels like it doesn't fit with everything else when it's the biggest surprise and you've never seen it coming. Like- yeah, exactly. I'm like, there are ways that that works out well, mm-hmm. but then it's like, okay, it's like Darth Vader being Luke's father. And it's like, yeah, well, Darth Vader, it, it, it's literally in his name. Like, If you're paying attention, it is not a huge surprise. And yet it is one of the most famous cinematic reveals in history. Like, because you can figure it out, but the moment that they actually confirm it, it's like, oh my God, I was right. 
Yeah. And that vindication, like, you know, it'd be like figuring out the plot of the, plot of the good place. Yeah. You can absolutely work it out. They basically spell it out for you. It's just that, you know. You're thinking no TV show's going to do that. Yeah. And like, like, that's not how television works. No, and, one's, no one's doing that. Exactly. And the way they do the reveal, like, you fi- like you figure out the reveal at the same time as Eleanor mm-hmm. because of the way that it's framed. And that just makes it so much, for me anyway, more satisfying. Mm-hmm. You know, and... So I think that this episode in particular just walks that line so well of like letting the audience come to the conclusion themselves and timing it really well, like giving you just enough. Like I said, like with Peggy walking in and being like, oh my God, they mentioned his cat. Like it's just little bits. And I think that they just walked that tightrope so perfectly. I love it. It's such a good episode. Like, and it just, and it's, you know, it's got that little bit of comedic relief. Mm -hmm. Like it. It's, it's a fun episode. It's a lighthearted episode. It's not like, it's not trying to do too much. No. Like, it's just out here letting itself be. Yeah. Like, it's just out here being what it is and accepting that, like, it's not a very serious episode. Not at all. It's not, like, it is not out here trying to, like, revolutionize the way you look at this show. Mm. And that's good. It doesn't need to be. Like, it is enough on its own that it doesn't matter that it's not, like, it's not a mind-blowing plot twist. It's like, oh, no, yeah, we figured they were going to do something clever with the cars because why on earth would they get multiple? They get an extra car if they weren't going to planning on doing something, like, clever with the cars. Like, that's how leverage works. Mm -hmm. Like, they do what they need to do. Like, they're they're not getting extra cars for no reason. Yeah. And also, like, I think it was really interesting... The way that they set up this episode, I was actually expecting there to be more of, like, Sophie and Parker and Tara mm-hmm. involved. Yeah. Because the way that Hardison was sporadically involved in last mm-hmm. week's episode, I kind of expected that, like, maybe Nate would have spoken to Sophie at some point and we just didn't see it or, like, something like that. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting that we didn't because then these two episodes fundamentally become a lot about Parker and Hardison. Mm-hmm. Like they're because not... they're the only ones in the crew who are actually actively talking through this entire situation. Yeah, and like the thing about how Parker is feeling is the sort of emotional through line of last mm-hmm. week's episode. Like we have her constantly trying to talk to Sophie about it, and at the end we have her make that statement about how she's sort of learned something about the value of being different to the person that you're involved with, sort of thing. And in this episode, the sort of emotional through line around the you know enormity of the plot is that Hardison is anxious because Parker is out with this guy and he's feeling a little bit self-conscious and a little bit like threatened maybe a little bit jealous a little bit like well what if Parker decides that she's this guy he's a thief like like she is and you know he's they have the same skill set and they're handsome and like you know like they seem to be like a perfect matching set yeah, like on paper, it yeah. sounds good, but it's just not like the reality. And I love, I love the conversation that he has with Elliot and Hardison, you know, being like, as a friend, you're dead to me. And Elliot's like, if I said that, it would mean I was thinking about you and Parker, which I never do. And I was like, Elliot, babe, don't act like you're not friends. It's been four years. Like, y'all had Christmas together. I think you're friends. You can, you can have thoughts and opinions. Like you don't have to pretend like you're so above it all. Like we get it. You have feelings. (laughs) 
I just I, can we appreciate Hurley some more though? Because like yes. I feel like he has so many lines in this episode. I'm like, yes, iconic go off. Like there's the moment where they're like running at the start of the episode, mm-hmm. and like Nate's like, no, Hurley, they're after you. They're not after me. They're after you. And he's like, mm, well, I've made my amends, and you're still breaking the law and stuff. So. I know it's so fucking funny i love as well that like when he finds out that he's been like essentially working as a drug trafficker Mm -hmm. like he is devastated by this news yeah he is so hurt and upset so hard because he in his mind he was like i was doing good i was helping people i was working like i was earning decent you know money i wasn't stealing i wasn't ripping off other people like you know, and it turns out he was doing a good thing. It's just also illegal. Like, it actually ended up being kind of yeah. like the leverage MO. Yeah. But, oh, he's just so precious. And also, that line where he sees the nun and he's like, Sister, Sister Lupe. Lupe! And then she pulls the gun and, and he's, he's like, like, disappointed. Sister, Sister Lupe. Lupe. It's so funny. I literally, my notes is Sister Lupe in all caps with like the biggest possible smiley face, followed by Sister Lupe in all lowercase with like the little sad face. Because I was like, that's the only way I can note this down. I have no idea how else I could communicate to myself the My energy. My note was Sister Lupe, sad. Sister Lupe. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, he's so wholesome. And I think like, what's interesting about Leverage as a ensemble cast is that is that all of the characters have a sort of moral grey quality to them. Mm-hmm. And having Hurley thrown in there is just so refreshing in a way because, like, he's a bit of a, a bumbling buffoon character. But, but he's mean so well. is in the right place. Like, and it, I'm so used to having, you know, every week we have a character who's, like, an absolute piece of shit and, like, mm-hmm. the point of the episode is to hate him. The and worst person you've ever possibly met like yeah and so it's so delightful to just have this episode where out of nowhere it's like the point of the episode is that you you're gonna fall in love with this guy and then he's gonna fall in love with peggy and that's just so cute they're gonna move to mexico with their cats do we get to see them again hurley and peggy or is this gonna be an adam and maria situation where i'm obsessed with them and i have to just be sad about it well or can you not tell me as a spoiler do you want the spoiler or not that's, will spoiler, that's the question. Will the spoiler will it be better if I get the reveal? So I will say that it is something that they did like it is a spoiler that a lot of people knew going in. Okay, but I currently don't. But you probably currently don't. Well, I but definitely don't because I know nothing about it. It's the of sort of thing where like there was real world stuff where we knew. Oh. We knew. Okay. It was like behind the scenes stuff that a lot of the fans saw in advance. Like, they were shooting on location or something and people got, like, could see what was happening or... Do you want this... Like, I'm not... Do you think that it's enough of a reveal that it would be better for me to just experience it without any expectation? I I saw the spoiler and I don't think it ruined because... Okay. Well, then I'll hear so it. So, we do get Hurley back. Do we get Peggy? We haven't seen Peggy back, but she is a possibility for the reboot. Oh, okay, okay. So we see Hurley again in the reboot is where we see him. Oh, and that's okay. what I mean. We know because like the actors were Confirmed like, it. they did like Instagram photos with the actor. Got you. It's, okay. It is an iconic episode. Like I cannot stress this enough. It oh, is Hurley's in it. So it is an iconic episode. It's very similar vibes in the reboot, except we get the villain of the week is played by James Masters of <gasps> Buffy fame. Oh my God. I love James Masters. Oh fuck. That's such a good. Okay. 
Do you know what? The Leverage Supernatural universe expands because he also plays a character in Supernatural. Well, he worked with Christian Kane on Angel, so... Mm. So there was a lot of, like, they did a lot of stuff where it was like, oh, well, like, we're filming with old friends. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I have a new wish list item. Okay. I want to see Hurley interact with Sterling because I just think that would be so fucking funny. (laughs) Like, I just feel like... Like, if Nate introduced Hurley to Sterling, I feel like they'd be having a conversation and Sterling would look at Nate and be like, are you fucking, are you for real? Like, be for fucking real. Like, are you kidding me right now? Who is this fucker? Like, I just think it would be literally so funny. But yeah. So we definitely get Hurley back in the reboot. Awesome. Um, And there's no reason for Peggy to not appear. Do we get any kind of implication about him and Peggy? Not that I can think of. I kind of want them to get married. Like, marriage is an institution, Mm -hmm. like, blah, blah, blah. But they seem like the kind of characters who would Mm want to do that. But, yeah. So, I I love Hurley with every single goddamn fiber of my being. Um, He is the sweetest character. He is the cutest character. Like, he just... He brings such joy to my screen. He really does. He kind of gives Ron energy from Night Shifter. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. I, I love him. He's such a cutie... He can do no wrong in my eyes. Like, he's literally the, like, I know that he was literally a criminal and that's the point. And even yeah. in this episode, like, he is literally moving, like, like stolen goods across the border. I think the key thing is he was doing illegal things, but he's always been trying to do illegal things to help other people. Yeah. Like, you know, like, he's just, the issue is he's a bit of an idiot. So, like, you know, when the crew does illegal things to help other people. They do it well. They do it well. He did bad things because he was trying to help other people and didn't actually end up helping other people. Yeah. He's such a sweetie and I love him. He really is. He's so cute. Like he's just such a little delight. His heart is in the right place and I love him. Oh, that's what I was going to say. He's kind of like, um, in Parks and Rec, that thing where it's just like, I've never done anything wrong in my life. And it's like, I know that. And I love you. Like, I know that he's done bad things, but that really is the energy I'm taking to this character. Like, he's never done anything wrong in his life, and I love him. (laughs) He just, he's so sweet. Like, I think that's the key thing. Like, he's just, he's so sweet. Like, even when he's doing shitty, shitty fucking things, it's never with the intention of, like, oh, well, I'm going to make a lot of money from this. Oh, I'm going to... He's always done it with the intention of, I want to help other people. He just doesn't yeah. do it very well. He just, he doesn't have a malicious bone in his body. No. And I love that. I just want to give him a little hug, you know? And by little hug, I mean like a giant hug. I want to mm-hmm. give him the biggest hug and then get out of his vicinity very quickly because I feel like he attracts danger. Yeah. He's like a little magnet. He's a magnet for danger. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm sad that we don't get him again until the reboot. No, I'm pretty sure we don't. But that's okay. Like, appreciate we we do get him in the reboot. So appreciate that, which is more than we can say for Mark Shepard. So. Oh, that's sad. And I want to reiterate here, there is no reason why we couldn't have Mark Shepard in the reboot. He just hasn't appeared. Tut, tut, tut. Come on, Mark. Get on that. Come on, dude. He's probably just too busy. <laughs> to be totally honest. <laughs> I Look, this episode is an episode of side characters. It and really is. I, I just want to really quickly... There's a side character in this episode. He's barely on screen for two minutes. He is really inconsequential to this episode, but I just... 
you know, like I feel from him for him because he makes like such a simple translation error. It is the dude in the drug cartel who's yeah. like, oh no, he said the drugs were in the car, and they're like, well, in the car or inside of the car, and they're like, they say the two yeah. Spanish translations, and they're very very similar, and he's like, I think it was in the car. Yeah, I feel so bad for that dude. Like I also am shit at having a second language, so like. Me too. I can vibe that. You know what I mean? Like, he's trying his hardest. Some people have, like, I think they say, like, an ear for languages mm-hmm. or something. I have always... I struggle enough with English. English. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. partially that's just because I have trouble hearing what people are saying sometimes. Mm-hmm. I get distracted by other noises. But it's... Yeah, no. It's... uh, Languages have never been my strong suit. Languages and maths. Other, like, other, like, literary so stuff. Think. Well, I'm good at science. I hope. It's kind of hard because this episode, like, I love this episode so much. It was so hard to talk about because I'm like, I was just vibing the entire time. I'm like, I'm yeah. watching, I'm like, yeah, Peg, like, Peggy, we got Hurley. I love the moment when it's like, oh, can I borrow your phone? And Hurley's like, no, bitch, this is an iPod, basically, without mm-hmm. saying that, mm-hmm. which is like so, like, 2010 of them. Like, it is so yeah. 2010. He's like, oh, no, it just plays music. And, like, the look on Nate's face is like, bitch, what? It slaps. This episode goes off. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't need to do what they did with this episode, but they're out here doing it. And there, I love that for them. There is one thing that did confuse me, mm-hmm. and I would like to hear your opinion on it. When Hardison and Elliot go to the hotel room, and the room is dark, and that's how Elliot knows something mm-hmm. is off. And I know that they say, like, oh, the cleaners will turn the lights on when they yeah. clean. Do they? Yes. I don't they think do. I have ever walked into a hotel room and had the lights already be on. So when you check in, they're typically, like, the lights are off. Because whenever I go to a hotel, like you put your key card in the little slot and that's what turns on the electricity in the hotel room a lot of the time. So I'm like, you literally, unless they put another key card in there while you're out, then you, they can't have the electricity running. And also, what a fucking waste. What a huge monumental waste of electricity. Why the fuck would you leave the lights on? If you want people to know that house cleanings come, number one, it should be abundantly clear by the fact that the beds and shit are made and you've got new towels. But also number two, you could just put a little card or something on the kitchen bench or you could put like a little sign on the door that just says like house cleaning arrived at, you know, whatever fucking time. Like you don't have to leave the lights on at the risk of sounding like an Australian parent. Electricity doesn't grow on trees. What do you think you own, Etza? Exactly. Um, No, so for me, here's the thing. When I travel in Australia, I haven't noticed it as much. Though, to be fair, when I travel in Australia, I don't go for that long, typically. Mm -hmm. So nine times out of ten, I just put, like, the don't bother cleaning my room thing on the door because, like, yeah. It's not worth it. Like, I'm not that messy. I personally don't love people coming in to clean a hotel room while I'm staying there. I'm like, no, I'll just keep it tidy until I leave. Like, you don't have to clean it every day. And I would rather you not be in and around my stuff. Yeah. So I just never have people clean it until I put put the sign out on the last day. Yeah. When I have been, like, overseas for, like, a longer period of time, I do notice that overseas it's a more common thing. Because I I was thinking about it and I was like, the whole time we were in Europe together, I don't remember it ever happening. To be fair, though, I think we also did put the don't worry about cleaning it on the door basically every day. Yeah, for the reasons I just stated. Yeah. Yeah. But when I've been overseas, like, with people who don't do that, yeah, the maids have always left on the lights. Whack. It just seems like a waste to me. Yeah. Don't look at me. I'm not. I'm not out here doing that. I. I typically don't have them come in and clean the hotel room. Like I, that. That's never been something that. Like the only reason that I do that is if we need like new towels or something. 
Mm. I just request new towels. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just be like, hi, can I get an extra towel, please? And they're yeah. like, yes. And I'm like, excellent, thank you. Yeah, oh, cool. I do want to say, though, that I do love and appreciate that Hurley gets the funkiest music every time. Like, the opening scene, and he's got his funky music going. I'm like, yes, that's how you know it's Hurley. That's how I fucking recognized it. Like, literally, yeah. my thing was like, is that the guy who I made fun of the burrito? And, like, all I remember, really, about that episode is the burrito and the music and me yeah. being confused about it and then, like, the last part where they, like, slash the tires or whatever. Mm. Yeah. That's, like, all I remember from that whole fucking episode. But, yeah, I was like, the dancing burrito man? He's back? Yeah, and Hurley is a vibe. Hurley is always a vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, he's out here doing the most, and I love him for that. Oh, I do – I do – there's a couple more Hurley moments I just want to call out while we're – before we stop recording, because I'm pretty well running out of points. But I've got nothing left. I do, I do just really want to say I love the fact that when they walk into the, like, Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, Nate goes to turn around and go – Hurley goes, it's God. <laughs> it, it's God listen to him I also love the fact that they're like he's like Nate stands up to make this speech and he's like this is fucking huge like you don't know him but this is a big fucking deal Hurley like, is such a hype man yeah I love it he's just he's so sweet and he wants the best for Nate and he wants Nate to get sober mm-hmm. and like you know there's the moments where it's like it's not my first time I'm clean and sober two years it's his first time there and she's like are you the sponsor and he's like yeah and I, Nate's like fucking no I, do you know what I kind of wish that at the end when Hurley says like I understand that I'm not your friend but you're mine mm. I kind of wish that we had Nate be like you're my friend like you know what I mean like because the whole point at the start of the episode is Nate doesn't really have any friends and Mm -hmm. I feel like it would have been like a little nice moment but maybe a little out of character Mm -hmm. so like I'm kind of on the fence of like I think it would have been a a nice sort of bookend Mm -hmm. but also I don't know if it would have felt a bit weird from Nate yeah like it already like I my note is literally do we think it physically pained Nate to say thank you to Hardison like (laughs) like I feel like maybe it would have been too much character growth in this singular episode if he had then called Hurley his friend. But I do love the fact that, yeah, we're getting, like, that highlighted thing of, like, Nader started to lose himself again and he started to sort of focus so severely on, like, the... He's just lonely, I think. Yeah. He's, He's sort of isolated himself unintentionally but also by design i do love though that we do get the confirmation that yes his only friend outside of the team is in fact maggie his ex-wife interesting that they highlighted maggie and not sterling there well sterling's not really a friend well bernardo who's literally in this episode like (laughs) yeah and that's i think they're like they're trying to like push it on him like well you're kind of friends with bernardo just be actual friends with bernardo Mm -hmm. like yeah put in like five percent more effort yeah and you'll be all right Anyway, I don't have anything else to add. Do you have anything else to add? No, I think I'm all tapped out. Fantastic episode. No notes. <laughs> anyway, what would you rate the boys' night out job out of five? I nearly gave it a five. Oh. I, I really, I really was debating it. And mm. then I was like, mm, like, I, I just, the problem is if we, if we get to the end of the series and I think to myself, there wasn't an episode that I enjoyed better than this, mm-hmm. I'll give it my five. Okay. But I don't want to just give out fives can't be nearly, giving out fives really really yeah you know and so but it was it was really my gut instinct was to be like five out of five mm-hmm. no notes incredible and then i was like okay if i'm gonna give it less than five i have to be able to justify it mm-hmm. so my justification is that number one i haven't got the whole series yet yeah so i can't really objectively look at the scale of episodes mm-hmm. and give a five because i don't know what the you know yeah the scale is yet kind of like you giving phantom traveler a four yeah and fucking buck wild. Yeah, which you now regret severely. Yeah. <laughs> that is the wrong rating for that episode. So I I think that I'm going to I'm obviously I'm not gonna do it less than a four point five. Mm, I yeah. think if you would allow me to do quarter 
a point, it would get a 4.75. Mm-hmm. But it's going to get a 4.5. So it's beating out the three-card Monty job in your brain. Yeah. Okay. This mm-hmm. this episode was just... So, I, honestly, it comes down to the setups. Yeah. Like, the setups that were provided by last week's episode that flew... Like, so flawlessly Led fell into this, into this yeah. one. Just... I think that not only was it so fun, not only did we get such great characters across both episodes, but, like, this episode in particular, it was just seamless. Like, it was so... It was executed so perfectly that, like, it was so fun and it was, like, all these great things, but then the execution was also incredible. And so I was like, okay, this is this is fantastic. I had such a good time watching this episode, like, the whole way through. I am going to give some justification for not giving it a five, other than I just haven't seen the whole show yet. And I'm going to say that I don't think that the black and white explanation montage needed to be there. Yeah. It, like, literally all we needed was... 10 seconds to explain how the cars got swapped Mm -hmm. everything else i feel like the audience knew already Mm -hmm. and it felt a little bit like a waste of screen time just based on the fact that it felt like it slowed the episode Mm -hmm. down right at the peak and that was kind of a bummer um but in saying that that is just mostly because i figured it out and i didn't feel like i needed the explanation but that's just my subjective opinion Mm -hmm. so there may well have been other people who didn't pick the stuff that I did. And for them, that minute would have been much more enjoyable because it's a yeah. mu- much more of a reveal. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm gonna say that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to cut you off there and ask you what you think next episode is going to be. It's called The Experimental Job. What do you think it has in store for you? Science? Like, <laughs> I... An experiment. Like, the thing is, I don't... My immediate thought is to think of it in, like, a meta sense. Mm -hmm. So, like, the experimental job, like, they're going to experiment with genre or experiment Mm -hmm. with, like, film style or experiment with the structure. But leverage typically sort of has very roundabout literal Mm -hmm. titles to their episodes. Like, most of them are very, like, they're not immediately obvious what the episode's going Mm -hmm. to be, but once you've seen the context, they are generally very literal Mm -hmm. interpretations, which makes me think that it's going to be some kind of experiment. Whether that be, like, in a lab mm-hmm. or, like, more of, like, a social experiment yeah. or a, like, an experimental piece of equipment, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe Hardison has some new tech that he's, like, let's just do, like, a like a milk run case that's going to be really easy just to test this new equipment and then, like, something kinky happens kind yeah. of thing. Um, there, must, there must be some kind of element of here's a hypothesis. Like, you know, what's mm-hmm. the outcome going to be? Regardless of, like, in what context that is, I think. Okay. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for listening to us today. If you want to join us again next week for the experimental job, you and me both will be very excited to see what Beth thinks of that one. (laughs) But thank you so much for listening. If you want to talk to us at all, you can find us on all of our social media pages. All of the links will be in our link tree in the description below. Talk to us about literally anything, but suggested conversation topics do include... Do you have any good non-spoilery Peggy Hurley fanfic? Mm -hmm. Because I need it, particularly if they double date with Adam and Maria. I miss them. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I need this in my life. This yeah. is the fluff that I, I desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need to know more about Pedro. I need to know how mm-hmm. they introduce Pedro to his new siblings. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I don't have anything else to add on that. Okay, great. So, thank you so much for listening today. Have a lovely evening, afternoon, lunch, brunch, midnight, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., whatever time of the day and all night. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Am I at all close in my guess? In my prediction.